her listeners, and welcome to another week on Chasm Converses. This week, we have another first. Oh, Canada, we've landed. My guest this week is Spencer Morphy from the band The Velveteens, who joins me from Vancouver, Canada. We talk music, the formation of The Velveteens, their latest album, Declarations of the 3AM Freeway. He also chats about his time in Adelaide, and we bond over our experiences at the Crown and Anchor. He also talks some tour wisdom from his ventures touring in America, the UK, and Europe. Join us, and let's get conversing. Spencer Morphy, thank you very much for joining me. Welcome to Chasm Converses. Thank you for having me. This is a really special uh, episode because this is the first time that I've had someone from Canada on the podcast, which is awesome. Far and wide, baby. And uh, whereabouts in Canada are you joining me from? Uh, Vancouver, Canada. Yeah. Fantastic. That's awesome. Have you lived there for the majority of your life? Uh, like on and off. Like we're actually from Edmonton, which is uh, interior Canada in Alberta. Fantastic. And, uh, yeah. Sometimes like I move out to BC and stuff, like especially during the winters because it gets cold in Edmonton. So it's nice to be by the ocean. That's awesome. I, I mean, I, I know where I know of Edmonton for one main reason. That's the fact that one of my friends back home in Adelaide has an electronic band called Edmonton that he has with his partner. Crazy. Yeah. That's so wonderful. I love the fact that that's sort of like, that sort of come across already in the podcast. Um, yeah. But even so, I'd love to have a chat with you today about the band that you got, that you're in, the Velveteens. Um, you know, you got heaps of music coming out, all that sort of stuff. And I'm also very interested to talk to you about just yourself musically as well, because obviously you're like the singer in the band. Also, you play guitar as well, which is also pretty cool. So, like, I'd love to start off by asking you, like, um, was music something that you always kind of wanted to kind of get involved in from a young age, or was it something that you sort of fell into as you got a little bit older? Well, like I play guitar, I grew up playing guitar and that's like what was my main thing uh, for like my whole teenage years. And then I wanted to play in a band, but where I grew up, like in the community that I was in, there was no one else that could really play. Like there wasn't a lot of players. So I decided to make this band and I decided to learn how to sing and write the songs and and uh, luckily enough, I met Addison, who plays drums, and then we started writing this song together, and it kind of built on that. But initially, I just wanted to play guitar, and then it just yeah. kind of like tra- transformed into a new, like into a band, essentially. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome, man! And like, who are sort of like your kind of, I guess, main influences that you sort of channeled when you were sort of starting to play guitar as you were sort of getting to grips with it all? Yeah, I, I definitely listen to a lot of old music as a kid for yeah. sure right like classic rock mm. whatever um i remember getting a cd of uh exile on main street by the rolling stones oh. which is kind of like their country record a little bit mm. and uh i learned all those songs and that was pretty fun to play um wow the pixies i really liked you know nice kind of yeah. like the surfy yeah. guitar rock, rock was like what i liked to play and I think that probably translated into the songs that I write and stuff. So, yeah, no, hundred percent. I definitely see that kind of vibe as well, especially with like the music videos and stuff as well. You sort of have that kind of 
pixie-ish sort of surfish sort of vibe going on, which I actually really, I think is really good and suits you guys very, very well too, which is just absolutely brilliant. Um, no, that sounds wonderful. It's great that you have like a bunch of different ideas and people who sort of influence you to sort of, you know, play guitar and sort of get yourselves into a band and that kind of stuff. So like, when did you sort of first meet your, like your bandmates? So like, I'm guessing the Velvet Seeds was like, as you said, like the, your, your, the band that you sort of ended up building because you wanted to be in a band. So like, how did you kind of find everybody to then like sort of build around it and create what you have. Yeah, that's a, it's a fun journey. I mean, uh, I lived in Australia when I was 18 for like half a year. Oh. And during that time, I, are you in England or Australia? Cause you said, so I'm, I'm in London, but I am from Adelaide. Yeah. So I am from Australia. Whereabouts in Australia? Did you, did you live for when you were 18? Whoa. Uh, well, we started in Adelaide. Uh, oh, sick. I have some like <laughs> friends that live in Moana, beach i think oh beautiful yeah yeah that's which awesome is like spot. a little cell. uh and i spent like six months kind of just in a camper van cruising mm. wasn't sure if i wanted to come back to canada or stay living abroad but then mm. kind of like partway through the trip i was like well i kind of want to like start a band and i feel like if i wanted to do that maybe i should do that at home where i know more people <laughs> so, yeah that's like and then idea. the thing at the Edmonton music scene at the time, and it still is, but at that time I knew a lot of like, there was a ton of bands playing. There was a lot of DIY venues. And right. before I had left Australia, I went to a few shows. I met some people. I think I met Addison before I left. And then when I was on my trip, I was like thinking, I was like, man, he'd be a good uh, guy to like get in touch with. He's a good, he was playing drums in like a bunch of bands. So I reached out to yeah. him and I was like, do you want to, do a project when I come back in the summer and he's like, sure. And then we did that, came home, started writing songs. And then we had to find the rest of the musicians to start playing live. So, yeah, but luckily enough, there was a pool. There was so many bands that were playing shows all the time. So it was just like, you go to a show and you meet like 50 people and it Mm. was just a really great kind of scene. So I was lucky. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I know for, for a fact that Adelaide music scene is very similar to that as well. Like there's like so many people who just want to be in bands and obviously play shows and stuff. So so many of them are just like, you know, they all go to like the same three or four venues or so every Friday, Saturday, or even like a Wednesday night. Um, yeah. And half of them, like half the people who are watching your band are in bands of their own and half, and then yeah. even like some people on the stage are in like, you know, three other bands as well as the band that they're already in as well. It's <laughs> Actually, remember i went to a pawn show in adelaide and i was pretty inspired mm. by that that's pretty cool really and then we'd go to like the crown and anchor or the cranker oh that is i love yeah that's that's the spot man. That, that's yeah. the absolute hot spot man that's i met like a bunch of bad people there and it, it was pretty sweet they're like yeah cool man and then i'd like are with me on that trip and i would like jam we do some jams just, like yeah. call your guy's house and do a thing but it's good Cool yeah, people. for sure. I mean, the Cranker's got the old, is this, is the $3 schooner Wednesday nights at the Cranker, late yeah. night bands, all that kind of stuff. I've played, God, I don't even know how many shows I played there, but like, I've, really? God, wow. heaps, man. Like, I was a, I played bass in an indie, a pop, uh, indie band called Paper Sunsets back in Adelaide. And that was the school, the band from high school that I had with a bunch of friends of mine. Um, and yeah, they went for nine years. And the main, the main venue that we played was the Cranker, was the Cranker. <laughs> I think I spent New Year's uh, 2014 on the Crown and Anchor. 
Wow, that would have been insane. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. And we were camp. We didn't have a place to stay. We were just living in our camp uh, camper, like next to the hospital, which was a couple yeah. blocks away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and the skate park. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, yeah, for true. That's that's so true. No, that's awesome. I love this little this Adelaide vibe that we're having. It's so cool. I've been like, it's so rare that I get to talk to anybody from over like overseas about like the country that I am literally like from. So yeah, <laughs> hometown. So yeah, I wow. Know. No, that's awesome, man. But no, like, yeah. I the, definitely want to go back. Mm, oh, 100%, man, for sure. It's, I mean, summertime is probably the best time to do it. And that's getting pretty close now because, I mean, towards mm. December and all that kind of stuff. Because you guys, do you guys have the same seasons as London? What, like, what season is it now for yeah. you guys? It's fall. So it's getting to be winter. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Cause uh, we we're about to get the cold as well. And then Australia, so just, just so like such an anomaly because it's like a switch and it turns yeah. to, like summer in December and like Christmas rolls around and we're all just in just like singlets <laughs> with like yeah. sandals because it's like 35 degrees. <laughs> I love it though. Oh wow. That's awesome, man. Yeah, well, like that that's so I love the fact that you know you had that sort of that little calling, I suppose, when you were back over in, like when you were in Australia to be like, man, maybe maybe I should like go start a band with with this guy that's over here and, and sort of see where it goes and, and all the rest of it. So that's so cool, man. Like, so like when did you when did you start the band? Like how long has it been going for now? I mean, I did that trip in 2014, so like mm. the summer of then. So I guess, what year is it? 2013? Nine years? Yeah. yeah wow. Shit, yeah. Damn. Nine that's years. That's awesome, man. Yeah, man. Nine years strong. That's, that's yeah, wow. That, that's so good. As I said, mine went for about nine years as well. And I mean, I mean, you guys have done much more than my band did because you guys have released like two albums, which is insane. <laughs> so that's like, it's a, it's that's a weird crazy, man. Yeah. Time flies too. Like when you're busy, it's like, you're just thinking about tours and records and then all of a sudden you're like, you're just nine years later. You're like, wow. And like, so your first album that you guys did, that was back in, was it 2017? I think it was. Yeah. The first record that we put out was uh, the full length 2017, but we actually recorded that in 2015 or 2016. We had it recorded for a bit and then we put it out on a label. Right. It took a, it took a minute. Oh, Wow. Sweet. So you're able to get yourself into a label to put that album out. That's that that would have been so beneficial. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. We were super young though. I think like we were 18, 19 years old, so we didn't know anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one does in that age, man. <laughs> yeah. We're the same. We're just like just totally. through like throw out the CDs, we're selling at the shows and stuff. Because back then you sold CDs at shows and you just yeah. be like, Yeah, yeah, give us the money and whatever. Now you're like you obviously yeah. put it on the streaming services and obviously make much less, but then again, it's a good way for people to sort of circulate your music and to sort of like, I guess, discover more so like, you know, what you guys are up to and all the rest of it. So like I guess mm. with the newest with like because you've got the newer album out now, uh Declarations of the Three AM Highway Freeway, which is just yeah. how did you come up with that title? Because that's an awesome title. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, that was just the name of a little demo I was working on, like for the last three years, maybe. And mm. it the way it works is like me and Addison have a lot of songs like that we're always just constantly working on, and then some of them last like to the end, you know. Wow. And this the one declaration song made it through all of our revisions and. At near the end of the record or like when we were putting we we're like okay we have 10 songs we were i was mm. thinking of the concept and i was like well this is like the concept like this song is mm. the concept like because a lot of the songs are just about like after we recorded slow wave we just toured for like so long like 
months and months and months and months. And like all those experiences kind of distilled into, uh, this record essentially. So, and that's, that's that's the title of the record too, is declaration of and free when you're driving down the freeway, like in the middle of the night through like the desert or wherever random country you're in and being like, this Mm. is insane, you know? So, that's so cool. I love that. Cause yeah, I mean, one of my next questions was going to be like, what was sort of like the difference? Because obviously there was like a six or so year gap or maybe even more, obviously, cause you recorded the first album a bit, a bit earlier on, but like yeah. a six or seven year gap between obviously writing those two albums. So like, I was going to ask like, what was like sort of the difference of like, you know, writing the first one to writing the second one. But I guess like some of the influence from obviously touring and being on the road was sort of put into that second album. And that was sort of like, was one of the inspirations behind it. Yeah. For sure. Like the content of the material was, was that right. Like was from that time Mm. period. But I think the difference like technically would be like slow wave. We just went into the studio, recorded 10 songs in like 10 days, like live off the floor kind of thing. Like kind of like a classic rock band thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's sick, but and at that time we were playing a lot of shows, so we were pretty tight and we played all the songs quite a bit before we got into the studio. So we were like warmed up. Mm. So that's like its own thing. And then declarations was like, a lot of it was done like right before COVID or during the pandemic. So we couldn't, we weren't right. playing a lot. So mm. it was like a kind of a different experience of like multi-tracking it diff- in different places. Like we went to a few different studios, did the drums here, did the guitars here, did a lot of it. Oh, really? So it was kind of all spread out and it took much longer to produce the record. Uh, But I think it's just a different vibe. Yeah, for sure. I love the fact that you went to different, like obviously during the COVID time, you went to multiple studios to do different parts here and there. Because sometimes when um, like bands do that, you can hear like some sort of a, like a slight discrepancy in like the flow of all the songs because some of them are done in different pieces at different places. But I mean, when I listened to it, it just it just sounded like everything was just all one big flowing record. It didn't even sound out of place like there was anything <laughs> that was done anywhere else. Like it would have sounded like it went all in all at once. So that's a big credit to your mixer master and obviously sound engineer for just making it sound amazingly tight the whole way through. Yeah. I yeah, I think we were just very picky also with like the tones. Like if there was one thing we're like, ah, I don't like that, we would just cut it out and like make it nice. So we made sure every little piece was nice. And I guess it flows. That's good. Yeah, hundred percent. That's awesome, man. I would absolutely love to talk to you about like touring and that kind of thing, because it's something that I only really have kind of touched on in a very, very small way, you know, a couple of shows in Melbourne and Sydney and stuff, driving in the car all that kind of stuff. But obviously with you guys between that, you know, 2017-ish, 2023-ish period, like, as you said, we're touring quite heavily and quite frantically. Like what was sort of the, I guess, your kind of your schedule for what you were doing? Like, did you have like uh, like a monthly tour or like sort of, it was all sort of broken up into different sort of sections or were you flying places or were you sort of driving places? Like uh, take us through it. All, all of those. Yeah. <laughs> I think... <laughs> <laughs> right after we finished the uh, like right around the release of slow wave like 2017 we did like a big north american wide trip where we drove from uh vancouver or actually victoria on Vancouver island here in canada all the way to new york and back oh wow but in between that we flew to england out of oh. toronto and then back and then finished the rest and then we came back to 
Western Canada and then drove down the West coast of the U S. So we kind of wow. did like a, that was like six weeks of, and I think we did maybe like 40 shows or something, but, and then after that, like we went to Europe, we did some German stuff. Uh, we've gone to the States a couple of times, but usually, mm. yeah, it's like geographic, right? You do like two weeks in a region and then you come mm. home or things like that. Yeah, and then we wow. do like some fly in fly out festivals and stuff like throughout the summers and, Damn, man. You guys are like completely just living it right there. That's like the rock star's dream. <laughs> it's just to literally travel all around the world, playing venues and venues in different countries and all that kind of stuff. And just like playing in front of people and getting your music out there. That's like, that's incredible. Like how did you, I'd love to know how you found London when you came over here. Like, did you, did you guys have a great time? Well, London was rough for us. Yeah. That's <laughs> not it surprising at all. Just straight up like so insane. Like we, we were like totally broke and we landed in London and we had like eight shows booked in London somehow, like wow. at different, like random pubs. Like yeah. it wasn't glamorous. <laughs> mm, and, yeah, no, I mean, I know a few of them and like, even just trying to transit around to any sort of oh, venue around dude. here seems impossible. <laughs> it was, it was straight up insane. We, I think I lost one of my nine lives uh, in London <laughs> for sure. But yeah, we, <laughs> we got there and we had no place to stay and we didn't have like phones that worked and we had no money. And we we're like, we just had our guitars. Like we just carried on our guitars and uh, we got in touch with like one of a friend of a friend who had a warehouse in Tottenham. And he's like, oh, yeah, wow, okay. yeah, you can come stay here for a day. And we're like, cool. And we showed up and it was just like a warehouse, just like gym mats on the floor. Yeah. And so we just like slept on this floor for the whole trip the whole the it ended up being he let us stay which is amazing Arif, yeah great great friend now and then yeah. <laughs> uh we trained up to liverpool we played a festival but yeah we were just like on the tube every night like carrying our fucking shit like and the shows were bad like because we were like not an established band at that point and uh yeah. we were playing to like five people <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're just doing the absolute grind like <laughs> yeah but it's fun. Like, it was a fun experience. Even on the tube, like, it's so congested. It's so crammed as well. So if you've got all your gear, like, lugging on that, going down the stairs and shit, like, oh, man, honestly, I cannot, like, big props <laughs> to you for doing that. <laughs> yeah. I want to go back. We haven't been back since then. Actually, no, we played The Great Escape during that trip in Brighton. Oh, and that oh was, wow, like, wonderful. That was really sick. That was, like, great shows. So we did that, and then we did all the London stuff, which is weird. And then we went out to Liverpool, which was like kind of sick. But uh, yeah, we, we got to go back. Got to do it for real. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm, I, I'm Brighton's awesome. I, I absolutely love Brighton. It's such a great, like, vibey place, especially for like music and gigs, even like comedy and that kind of stuff as well. So it's a place that yeah. I obviously like to go to a lot more. Obviously, being in London, but no, nah, I'm not surprised at all that you had a great time there. A lot of people speak very, very highly of that place. Even like, I mean. I'd love to even talk about just even up on, into America because, I mean, like you see band documentaries of them, like, you know, driving up through like the States into like all the different sort of spots and whatever, playing all sorts of different venues and that sort of thing. Like, mm -hmm. how did you guys go? Did you do like the, just like the drive all the way up, like sort of like the east of America and stuff? And like, were the shows kind of any better for you in that sort of, uh, in that sort of country? Yeah, like, you know, it's like so tricky, like when you play shows, like if you don't have like the right connection or you're playing, like you're going to cities that you've never been to, so you don't really know. Mm. And you could get lucky and play like the best venue in town, but you could also get unlucky and play like 
the fucking karaoke bar and you don't know <laughs> yeah. until you get there <laughs> and then yeah, and then like the promoter's pissed or they're happy they're like wow you sold a lot of tickets and you're like i don't know man i'm just i'm just working <laughs> like i'm i just showed up here today you know and then yeah. sometimes there's like the show's not going well and no one promoted it or the band's dropped out and you have to play to like five people and it's like a, mm. it's very pitiful um but we've had both experiences in honestly every country so I think, yeah, the, the planning that goes into touring is like definitely important. And we sometimes didn't plan very well. So we just show up and yeah. rock and roll. And Especially back in the day, I suppose. I mean, as you said, you guys are touring like it's quite young musicians as well. So obviously trying to like get all that stuff done is, is obviously, obviously difficult. So you don't have that connections and stuff. But I mean, like, as I said, like yeah. massive props to you guys for actually just doing it and actually going out. And even if you didn't have a massive following in those countries, the fact that you went, and just did the grind and just play all those shows. It's um, it's it's huge. Like it's massive, man. Like there's there's mm-hmm. bands in Adelaide, Australia right now that are complaining that they have to drive eight hours to Melbourne for one show, and then mm-hmm. drive back. And it's like, bro, like you guys were fucking London with no money. Like, it's like <laughs> that's 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 like so admirable. It's great. It's awesome, man. Like, yeah, like uh, touring life is so crazy, man. Especially like as you say, going to like different countries and that kind of stuff. Have you got something kind of lined up for obviously the album that you've just released now? Have you got a sort of a tour that you've sort of lined up ahead for that? Or have you even sort of done some shows already to sort of start promoting it? Yeah, we did some shows in Canada already, like uh, in August when the album came out. But uh, I think Mm. we're going to do some proper tours uh, come springtime when it's not so icy over here, you know? Yeah, for sure. I'm sure that would make a very big difference when it gets really snowy and really cold and stuff to like the music scene in, in general. Like, I guess maybe not heaps of people yeah. go out in that sort of spot. I mean, you can, but it's it's not the safest to drive around in Canada in January. So unless like mm. we do a tour overseas, uh, like down under, we'll see. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, yes, there's at least there's a quite a few venues that would take you, especially in Adelaide, man. So if you wanted to spend a few nights there, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure and the crowd would absolutely love that. Oz is the same as Canada, where like, yeah, you have like eight hours between cities, right? Like, mm, easy. Yeah, that every city is yeah. at least eight hours away. So yeah, hundred percent. It's a lot of yeah, fucking sure. driving. Oh man, for sure. Like, I mean, uh, there's in uh, there's uh, Perth is next to Adelaide, and I've never been to Perth, sadly, but the drive there by car is literally an, an entire day. It takes 24 hours yeah. to drive to Perth. <laughs> and drive so back. far away. I know it's so crazy. I need a. There's, uh, there's like a, I feel like I'm running joke with a few friends and like, I need a reason to go to Perth so I could like, sort of like just go there. Yeah. So it's like experience it, whatever, but I would rather not drive and spend a whole day in my car <laughs> going down totally. there. And that's like a kind of gnarly drive, right? Like you're on through the outback a little bit. And yeah. It's completely like, like the West sort of side of Australia, which again, I haven't really yeah. touched much of that myself, but like, yeah, I'm sort of keen to do it one day as well. I mean, it's almost like, I guess if there's a, there's a spot in, Canada that might be a bit too far away for you guys to go to, or even that you may not have even gone to yet. Like, I guess it's kind of similar Mm -hmm. in that, in that kind of respect, but uh, no, even so, man, like I love talking about touring, especially when there's someone like I'm talking to who's been, who's done it well. And who's like, you know, very well versed in like, you know, traveling around the place to different venues and to different countries and stuff like, Oh, like Europe would have been like, how did you find Europe going to like a non-English speaking country and like going on? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, at this point in my life, I think my favorite place to tour is like continental Europe because the culture is so much different there where you don't have to be an established act necessarily to play to a full crowd. You get all these venues that have music nights and 
if it's a local band or an international band, like the venue's packed, people are there just listening to you. Yeah. So as a band, it's really nice to just be in a situation where you don't have to really worry about the crowd. You, they're just there and they're into it. And you can just like play your new songs. You can like develop your crafts, uh, mm, yeah. your performance skills. Like you just feel more comfortable. You play like 10 shows back to back to back to full crowds. Like you're, you like learn how to be better. And it's yeah. just a really like inspiring, nice thing. And on top of that, they just treat you really nicely. So you get like free accommodations and food and breakfast. Oh, wow. They give you dinner, Damn. schnitzel, whatever. It's not like London at all, is it? <laughs> yeah, it's like the opposite. <laughs> God damn. That sounds like absolute luxury. I've got to get master Europe soon, man. Like, God damn, that's great. Yeah, you should do a tour in Europe. It's like you it's like a vacation. Yeah, I know, hundred percent. Yeah, no, it'd be so much fun to plan that as well, just going to different venues and different spots. Like I haven't touched Europe yet, but no, I absolutely would love to. That'd be sick, man. I'd love to speak about just yourself as a as a front man, because like, you know. It's such a it's such a big sort of responsibility, kind of being a front man and yeah, having control of like, you know, the crowd and being the one who sort of talks to the audience and and that kind of thing. Do you ever really get like that kind of that sort of stage fright or that sort of like, you know? Yeah, I think at this point, well, I never really had a lot of stage fright ever. But I think at this point now, because we've played so many shows and I just feel so comfortable, I I look forward to interacting with the crowd more than playing the music. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. We'll like stop, we'll like play a song and then like someone, there's some heckling or whatever. And you just like messing around like that to me is like the fun part now because yeah, yeah. we played our songs so many times. It's like, yeah, I know. Like, oh, yeah, I know how this goes. So you just do the song. Oh. So for me, I don't know if that's annoying for the boys because I'm always like not playing songs quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take a time between each one. Yeah, really, really dragging it out. And but I think it's funner, like from a crowd perspective, to have like an artist interact like with them, like to make it a unique 100%. thing. Because if you just watch an artist just play their set and like never talk to the crowd, and it's like mm. very cold, and you're just like, okay, I guess, like, I guess that's cool. Um, yeah, no, I, think I completely agree with you. Having the the interaction and like the chaos and everything is, is what it's all about. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. Like there's being in the crowd, especially when you're watching a band play, man, like obviously you want like the energy and stuff, but you want like a front man who can talk to people and sort of like get like the expressions of obviously the music, but obviously of like, you know, the, just the night, like almost make it like a big show and stuff. And yeah, yeah man, even just like talking to you now, like I can just tell that you just enjoy talking to people and talking about things. So like <laughs> that would be just awesome to have on stage in front of like, you know, yeah. masses of people, even if you're in front of five people, man, like sometimes the hardest crowds to talk to are like the ones where there's like, you know, just fucking six people saying in front totally. of you, like, All right, okay. There you go. <laughs> that, that's why going on tour, I think is so important because you have to get comfortable with empty rooms or else you're mm. just going to perish. Like if you can't handle that, 100%. like you can't handle a crowd probably, you know? So yeah, no, hundred percent. I completely agree with you. Such a good way. Again, like, as you said, to, you know, obviously be in front of new people and be in that space, but yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. That's, that's wisdom right there. That is, that is on the road wisdom. On the road wisdom. There you go. You can people messing way. around in the crowd, you know, being too gnarly, too aggressive, just mm. call them out. Get them up there. Yeah. Make 100%, man. <laughs> put the spotlight on them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. I mean, sometimes they need to do that as well because sometimes they want to be a bit bigger than the show is. It's like, ah, no. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, you play, you almost like play teacher on stage. Be like, all right, no, you guys stop messing around. All right, you guys go to the yeah. back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd love to finish off, man. Bless my, um, because obviously, you know, 
being musicians and stuff, there's heaps of bands that obviously influence us every day to, you know, write new songs, play our craft and, and, and do all that kind of stuff. Like, I'd love to know, like, if there's a band that you've seen recently or even a show that you've seen, like, from back in the day or whatever that just, like, really kind of inspired you or one that you just sort of hold quite dear um, that you can mm-hmm. remember, or as I said, something that was recent, something previous. Like, uh, what, what, uh, what have you got? Bands that I've seen. What I really like about seeing bands live is when they kind of lose their shit. Like, they're just so, <laughs> yeah. they're like so into it. It's like kind of gnarly. Um, yeah. And there's this band from uh, Chicago called Twin Peaks. I don't know if you've, right. you've ever heard of them. But I haven't, but I'll be looking at them now. <laughs> they're sick. But one time we, we were playing in Toronto and we walked into the venue and like, they were just going so hard. And like the crowd was also, but like they were just going way harder than the crowd. And I just like, that's what I love. So yeah. Any band that does that is cool to me. A hundred percent, man. That's yeah. No, I mean, uh, I mean, our band slightly used to be similar in that respect. Like our our front man literally used to like jump off the stage and do like forward rolls on the floor and like run around and all that kind of stuff. But like it's, and like, you know, half the time it's like, Oh, I mean, the song sounds okay, I suppose, but they're like the crowd are loving it. So yeah, energy's good. You're giving them a show. Yeah, yeah it's that live atmosphere. So totally. they seem to enjoy it. So it's like, yeah, I guess we'll just keep going <laughs> and hope not to make any mistakes. Yeah, you don't care. Even so, Spencer, this has been so awesome to chat with you. It's so cool that you guys have got your second album out. And that obviously you're going into doing some more touring to play shows all around the world to you know, bring your music to people. Obviously, I think you should definitely come back uh, to Adelaide or to Australia, go down under, go around to like Melbourne, Sydney, all that sort of stuff as well. And yeah, play some shows to those people there too. I mean, maybe London, we'll, we'll see. It's like, you know, hit and miss possibly. But yeah, oh, we need to redeem ourselves in London for sure. It will be back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to end on, you have to like, you know, go back on a high note, I yeah. suppose. Um, but no, either way, man, it's been really great to talk to you um, and obviously to meet you again. So cool to have to talk to someone from Canada. First time on the podcast, I've got a Canadian, uh, Canadian guest. So um, I really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for the chat. And I do wish you all the very best in your music ventures. Thank you so much for having me, Caden. We'll talk soon. Thank you so much for tuning into the episode this week. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Spencer and myself. Go check out The Velveteens, listen to their music, watch their videos, and give them a follow on the socials. There are links in the description of this episode. As for myself, please leave a rating or review for the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. I appreciate your listens each and every week. As always, I am so thankful for you guys for still tuning in, and I'll see you next week for a new episode with a new guest here on Chasm Converses.